Hi there, I'm Lane and this is Property Explained. These are my words and now I'm going to read them to you. Episode 48. How do I pay less tax on my investment properties? Often when investors think about minimising their tax, they think, well, isn't that all just a little bit illegal? Don't worry, in this episode, I'm not going to be teaching you how to pilfer from the tax man or teaching you how to pay less than your fair share. Both options will get you prosecuted, just by the way. No, so tax minimization is simply about not paying any more tax than you need to. Because obviously, no one wants to donate extra tax dollars to the government if they don't have to. So in this episode, you'll learn about the three ways that investors can minimize the amount of tax that they pay in the real world. Let's get started. Full disclosure though, I'm not an accountant, so it's best practice to discuss any of these matters regarding your personal tax situation with a property accountant. Not every tactic that I'm going to talk about in a second will be appropriate for you. Okay, so how do I minimize tax? It's conceptually simple, but the amount of tax that you pay is the profit that you make times your tax rate. So if you have a taxable profit of 10 grand and your tax rate is 33%, you should pay $3,300 in tax. If you want to decrease the amount of tax you pay, you have to decrease one or both of these things. You either decrease your taxable profit or you bring down your tax rate. Let me explain how to do this and who can do this in a little bit more detail. I'm going to start with decreasing your taxable income first before getting to decreasing your tax rate. Okay, so number one, decreasing your taxable income. You might be wondering, why would anyone want to decrease their taxable income? After all, sure, you'll pay less tax, but you'll also be earning less, right? Not necessarily. There are ways to decrease your taxable income to pay less tax without losing out. Number one, you've got to invest in the right types of assets. If you're a property investor, you're off to a good start when it comes to tax minimization. And that's because while your capital gains increase your wealth, what we call economic income, they are generally not classed as income from a tax perspective. So when you invest in assets that produce economic income, you can reap the benefits of value increases without being taxed. This doesn't just happen in property, but in all types of assets like shares and businesses too. Compare this to what happens if you invest in a term deposit. All the income you earn from term deposits is taxable. So simply by deciding to invest in property, you're actually minimizing the amount of tax you pay compared with what else you could have invested in. So it's a good start. Although, the bright light test is an exclusion to this, obviously, but that's another kettle of fish completely. For a full rundown about the bright line test, head to the Opus website and read my article, Do I Have to Pay Tax Under the Bright Line Test? The second way to decrease your taxable profit is through claiming all of your non-cash costs. A non-cash cost is an expense that doesn't involve a direct cash payment or things that you would have paid anyway. When claimed, these will make your taxable profit lower so that you pay less tax than you would have. But since you pay for them anyway, your actual cash flow remains the same. Let me go through some examples in a little bit more detail. Chattel depreciation. Letterboxes, curtains, appliances and items that aren't nailed down or directly a part of your property are considered a chattel. And over time, all these chattels decrease in value through wear and tear. This is called depreciation. You can claim this depreciation as an expense to decrease your taxable profit. Let's say you bought an $800,000 property. You'll probably have 50 grand's worth of chattels. If you get your chattels depreciated correctly, you could potentially save as much as $16,500 in tax if you're on a 33% tax rate. But this varies from property to property because every channel depreciates at a different rate. 
For example, the IRD reckons your dryer, your washing machine and your dishwasher are good for 6.66 years, but your lawnmower and your microwave are only good for four years. These varying year lengths is a good example of why it's important to use a company like valueit.co.nz to make sure you get a proper chattel valuation and depreciation schedule, which you can give to your accountant. Another example of this is home office expenses. Every investor is already paying for power, internet and rates as a part of their household expenses, if we can assume you're not living in a cave. The good news is is that you can account for some of these costs as home office expenses. If you can claim three grand of expenses that you were paying for anyway, then your taxable profit is three grand lower than it otherwise would be. On a 33% tax rate, that could save you $1,000 in tax. Additionally, you can claim a portion of the travel costs that you incur visiting a property to check everything is ticking over as it should, or when you go to do repairs. You can either use the IRD's mileage rate or claim a percentage of the total running costs and depreciation. The link for kilometre rates is in the article that you're listening to, and yearly rates are typically published after each tax year ends. Again, it's important to realise that if you don't claim for travel, for chattels, and for home office expenses, then you're likely going to be overpaying tax. And the purpose of this article is to make sure that you aren't paying any more tax than you need to, especially as more taxes are levied on investors. The second part that I'm going to get to is decreasing your tax rate. Ownership structures, or how you choose to own your property, have a big part to play in minimising the amount of tax paid. Because if you own your properties in the quote-unquote wrong way, you will almost certainly overpay. Usually, most investors will choose one of the following structures. They'll hold the property in their own name, they'll set up a trust, or they'll use a look-through company. Let's go through a few examples to see how you could decrease your tax rate. For instance, let's say you are owning the property in your own name, and then you move it into a trust. A trust is a separate legal entity which owns assets on behalf of beneficiaries, so usually you. These can be useful for high-income earners since the top tax rate is 39% for any income earned over $180,000 a year. On the other hand, a trust's tax rate is 33%. So if you are a high-income earner and you move your properties into a trust, your tax rate will fall from 39% to 33%, assuming you don't immediately distribute those funds back to yourself. This means on a property earning 10 grand in taxable profit, you could save yourself $600 in tax. Or now let's say there's a 50-50 ownership, and then you transfer it to a look-through company. So a look-through company can be extremely helpful as a restructuring tool because it takes on the tax rates of its shareholders. And by this we mean look-through companies can be set up in a way so that the lower income earner can earn a greater proportion of the property's profits. That way, more of the income is taxed on the lower income earner's tax rate. Here's a real-life example of how this works with one investing couple. In this situation, let's say the wife is a partner at a huge law firm and earns a bucket load of money that is taxed at 39%. Her husband is a stay-at-home dad and he earns nothing. Now, if they owned their properties 50-50, half of their taxable profit would be taxed at 39% and the other at 10.5%. So all up, they would pay about a 25% tax rate when you average it all out. But by setting up their ownership in a look-through company, all of a sudden, 99% of the properties are going to be owned by him, the stay-at-home dad, on the 10.5% tax rate. That means 99% of all taxable profit is taxed at a 10.5% tax rate, and only 1% of the taxable profit is taxed at the 39% tax rate. 
the effective tax rate is now just under 11%. In this case, if their portfolio earned 10 grand in taxable profit, they would save just under $1,400 in tax every year, and that continues every ongoing year. Streamlining your properties to be held within the same entity can help minimise your tax as well. For instance, let's say you have two properties, and then let's say that property A is making a taxable profit of 10 grand, but property B is making a loss of 10 grand. From a cash flow perspective, it might seem like this investor is breaking even, so there's no tax to pay. But if the properties are owned in separate entities, the investor still may have to pay tax. Why? Well, even though you won't pay anything on property B, as there was no profit, you still have to pay $3,300 in tax on property A, assuming a 33% tax rate. In this situation, the more efficient tax structure is to transfer both of these properties to the same entity, like a trust, so they offset each other. That way, you have 10 grand coming in for one property and 10 grand going out on the other. There's no taxable profit, so no tax to pay. The key takeaway for investors here is there is a difference between the income you earn and the income you get taxed. This episode has discussed the main ways to minimise the amount of tax you pay. You can decrease taxable profit through selective investing, you can decrease taxable profit through non-cash costs, and you can restructure your affairs to minimise your tax rate. But, and this is a big but, you won't realise if there are opportunities to minimise your tax until you talk to a property accountant. Any accountant can file your tax return, but it is a very wise decision to use an accountant who specialises in property and can analyse your specific situation. I've written a great article called The Top 5 Property Accountants in New Zealand. The link for that is in the article that you're listening to. Good luck. Good luck.